1: This is Unbreakable with Jay Glazer, a mental health podcast, helping you out of the gray and into the blue. Now, here's Jay Glazer.
2: Welcome into Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer. I'm your host, Jay Glazer. And you know, the guest I have right now probably doesn't know how special he is to me. And the reason why I say that is you just meet some people along the way in your journey. In my mental health journey, that for me, I just go, oh, man. This guy just resonates with me, and I feel like there's help around the corner for me. And that's who he is. His name is Jim Quick. Uh He is a brain coach, a podcaster, writer, entrepreneur, just came out with Limitless, a book, which is a, a bestseller across everything. And, you know, Jim, I appreciate you joining us, but you, you probably don't know, when I did your podcast, I was going through a really hard time. I stopped all my treatment for my depression and, and, and anxiety and, and AD and everything, and uh, I got stuck in a dark hole. If you remember, I called you after we did that interview, and I was like, "Hey, man, I gotta go somewhere and get some help." You just have some ideas, but you're the only person I had asked. Like, I don't know, there's something about you because you're a brain health coach. I looked at it like, man, I haven't I've met twenty brain health coaches who've been through it. That like, hey, I feel this guy can help me. And you just and you didn't. I told you some places I wanted to go, and you you kind of walked me through it. So, I before anything, I just want to thank you for being there for me.
3: Jay, you're, you're a special soul. Um, I'm so glad. I I think we people connect for reasons, even including those who are listening and part of this conversation right now that that's maybe it's not coincidence and, uh, and you know, we're here to elevator each other. So yeah, thank you for writing such an incredible book. We got so much positive feedback. I mean, the stories will make you cry. uh, uh, People listen to our our episode. And so, yeah, very, very, very grateful for the way you show up in the world.
2: I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing. It's like the more, you know, we talk about mental health, but, you know, we don't really give it words enough for people to have the conversations. And That's what you're able to do. You're able to give people hope. I'm trying to give people hope just to have the conversation. Because when you don't, when you know something's off, but you can't, you got to stuff it down and stifle it, it sucks. And you just feel like you're trapped. So, you know, you gave me a forum where I can help people feel less trapped, I guess.
3: And that's everything. It's it's interesting because a lot of people, we talked about this in our podcast, in the conversation on my show, but people often refer to physical pain as being uh, more intense than uh, mental or emotional pain. Uh, it's a lot easier sometimes for somebody to say, oh, my knee hurts, than, you know, my heart is broken, right. you know, or or my spirit is crushed, you know, and, um, you know, we know that with when it comes to mental health, some of those things, the burdens that we're carrying is, uh, it's, it's often much harder to bear. You know, especially, uh, you know, in those, in those, in those darker, or those those grayer times. So, you know, yeah, I think this is, this is the most important conversation that we're having, you know, today, especially.
2: And you know, it's interesting you bring that up because yeah, if my elbow hurts, I know to go to Dr. Neil Alatrosh down here in LA and he's going to fix my elbow for me. And that's that. But you know, what you do, right? You quick brain, you're dealing with the brain. It's not like. Hey, there's, at least for us, we don't know, hey, here's the elbow in your brain. Here's the knee in your brain. For mm. me, it's just, okay, the brain. But there's so many different parts of our brain that affect how we behave and we act. How did you, I'm going to say you're a brain expert. How did you become a brain expert? How did you, and you're self-taught, which is yeah. the crazy part for me. So kind of give give our listeners a little background on, on how you became the brain health expert.
3: Yeah. And, and, and I'm looking forward to giving some, some practical nuggets for, for people. I I really do believe that brain health is intimately connected to mental health. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, my, my brain, it's interesting. My inspiration really was my desperation talking about Mm -hmm. brain health. I had a traumatic brain injury when I was a child. I was in kindergarten class and there was these fire engines outside and nobody could see because we're so, you know, short and we couldn't see outside the window. So everyone grabbed chairs and I grabbed my chair and I ended up Falling headfirst into this iron uh, radiator, and uh, I was rushed to the emergency room. You know, lost all this all this blood. I was unconscious, and wow, my my parents said, um, you know, I was never really the same afterwards. It was weird. Like I was five years old, right? I was, you know, I was very playful, energetic, uh, creative, but I became very shut down. And where it really showed up was, was in school. I had poor focus, uh, poor memory. I had processing issues. Teachers, uh, what that means is for me, teachers would repeat themselves over and over again. And then I would pretend, uh, to understand, but I, I didn't understand anything. It took me extra a few years to learn how to just read. And that was very difficult. It was very wow. embarrassing. Um, and they passed around that book, uh, and you know, to read out loud and I just would, you know, I would, I would, I would dread. Those oh. times, I will get such a knot in my stomach and just, you know, the the book would come to me and I would just look at it and I just, I would just pass it on because the words didn't, you know, do do anything for me. And
2: that, that's so exposed as a, as a child, right? It's just so.
3: Yeah. Especially those and scary. Oh my God. Those formidable years, you know, yeah. like it, it definitely imprints on you. You know, I remember one time I was nine years old and I was being teased and bullied pretty, pretty bad in school. Like, like a lot of people. But, um, and that didn't make it any better, but, um, I was slowing down the class on this particular day and I was being, uh, harassed a little bit, um, given, you know, some, some stuff for it. And a teacher came to my defense to protect me from the other kids. And all I remember, she pointed to me in front of the whole class and said, leave this kid alone. That's the boy with the broken brain. Oh, and, wow. Um, yeah. No, adults have to be very careful with their Ooh. external words because they often become a kid's internal words.
2: That's your label then. Yeah.
3: yeah. Oh God. And we talk about limitless that that label became my limit and it became my self talk every single time I did badly in school, which was every day. Right. Every time I wasn't picked for sports, which was like all the time. I would always say, Oh, cause I have the broken brain and that became my more of my identity. And so at that time also my parents, uh, had many jobs like immigrant parents often do and living in the back of a laundromat that my mom worked at. So I, I was being raised by my, my grandmother. At the same time, she started showing early signs of Alzheimer's when I was five, six. She eventually passed when I was seven. And, uh, it was really hard because she was my superhero. Um, she was my, my, my closest. She was, she was my best friend, but it was, it was, it was weird as a child going through my issues to watch, you know, an adult go through those issues. And so, you know, it gives you a sense of hopelessness, you know, and you know, my, my message for people, I mean, eventually, you know, many years later, I figured out ways to compensate and, you know, unleash, you know, these. Like I call, I call them metaphorically superpowers, I think yeah. we all have these innate uh, talents that could be developed and discovered. And but uh, you know, I realized school was you know a place to learn what to learn, but not necessarily how to learn. You know, and there's a lot of things that I feel like uh, could have been better in school in terms of uh, learning how to learn. Uh, social emotional learning would have been very valuable back in in school. And I realized that it's not how smart you are, but it's how are you smart. Not mm-hmm. how smart you are, but how are you smart. Explain that a
2: little bit. more. Explain that a little bit more.
3: Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Like if I was asking everybody right now to, um, I don't know, or write their name first and last with their dominant hand and everyone could do it pretty easily without much effort. It's comfortable, um, pretty good results. But if I asked you to switch hands and underneath it, write your name with your opposite non-dominant hand for most people, it would feel a little awkward. It would take longer. The quality of the writing wouldn't be quite as good. And I, and I realized that it's, um, you know, like if, if you've ever been a subject in school, maybe, that we just didn't get, uh, maybe the way the teacher... That, that'd prefers, be all of them for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like in one class and that that, that was it. But, you know, mm. um, that was, yeah, I was on the other side of the bell curve that made the other side possible. Right. You know, when you have that label, I, I realized that it, sometimes the way a teacher teaches is different than a student or a human being prefers to learn. And so it's kind of like you're two ships in the night and you pass each other and there's no connection. And sometimes we're trying to learn it with the opposite hand. And so it takes longer. It feels awkward. The quality or the fidelity is not quite as good. And so, you know, my the nature of my work is really, I want to offer hope and help to those who are told that they were limited. And a lot of those limitations, I feel like, happen mentally. You know, it's uh, mm-hmm. in, in the conversation you and I have had about our, you know, our mindset. Yep. Yep. And so, um, you know, and limitless is not about being perfect at all. It's just about advancing and, and making some progress. And my, my goal is to show the, show the world really what they're capable of.
2: Well, it's interesting you bring that up. Cause I, you know, I wrote, I write in my book a lot about my ADD, you know, the depression, mm-hmm. anxiety, ADD, the bipolar, the, you name it. I got it. Right. I got LMNOP, whatever. But, um, you know, they would say that I was, I had a learning disability because of my ADD. And years later, when I talk about it, I try to talk about it to teachers. I'm like, no, I never learning disability. I just didn't learn the way you taught. Yeah. Right? Just the same way I coach. I coach a lot of fighters and football players and MMA. I, I've coached a lot of people to do some really great things and overcome things. That's the way I coach, right? And you know, you may learn it. I, I got to make sure you learn it in a certain way, but certainly I'm not learning disabled. If I'm right. able to do all this, I just, you know, again, I, and I just wrote my, my second book, right? In, Unbreakable. There's no learning disability there. I'm just, I just don't learn the way you teach it, which is what it seems like. It kind of falls right in line with what you're talking about right now. Let's figure out the best way for us to learn.
3: You could say that, you know, some people, some people are, uh, have teaching ability, uh, you know, disabilities, you know, on the other side mm-hmm. of it. You know, and so, and and again, it's just it's finding what what works for us. And 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 my my thing is not against teachers at all. You know, I think right. teachers are some. My my mother became a special education teacher in her hopes to help me also, and she dedicated her life. in the public school system recently retired, but you know, teachers are some of the most compassionate, caring, up yes. and committed individuals. You know, they're not necessarily compensated maybe as as right. they should be, right. but um. No it's along the same themes of Unbreakable, you know, showing people really, um, how, how resilient they, they could, they could be and, and also how forgiving they could be of themselves and accepting they could be of themselves and, and without, and it's hard. It's easy to say, don't judge yourself, you know, and be kind to yourself and love yourself. You know, it's a lot harder sometimes in practice. The part of self care is falling in love with that person in the mirror that's staring back at you that's been through so much, but it's undoubtedly still standing. Brain. So when
2: did when did you stop referring to yourself as the kid with the broken brain? Like I, you had to do that yourself. You had to fight back yourself. Yeah. How did you flip that script?
3: There there are a number of moments, you know, along the way. probably the most pivotal one was when I was eighteen. I was fortunate enough to get into a local university, and you know, I thought freshman meant you can make a fresh start. That's literally what I thought. You know, because oh. I struggled every single day, and I thought, like, all right, I take all these classes. I'm going to show the world. Show myself that, you know, I am worth something. I am enough because it's frustrating when because it wasn't because I didn't have the discipline or the worth that work ethic. I would work two or three times harder than people around me, but I would do worse. And that's, you know, very discouraging. But I took all these classes and, and I did end up doing worse and I was feeling I had to quit school because I didn't have the money to be in school, you know, and I didn't want to waste it. I'm the older, oldest of, you know, three siblings and better, you know, to take whatever, you know, resources I had for, you know, my, my brother or sister. And, um, and I said, I was telling this to a friend of mine. He was like, Hey, before you like quit school, that's a big decision. And Before you tell your parents, or your your folks, your family, why don't you just, uh, get some perspective? He's like, I'm going home this weekend to visit my family. Why don't you come with, get some space? And I realized that a change of perspective, a change of place or change of people you spend time with kind of gives you a different point of view. And, um, I visit the the family and they're, they're pretty well off a a lot different than the way I grew up. But the father walks me around his property on the water before dinner and asks me a very innocent question. And I don't usually share this. Is, is um, you know, I love you. I love your content and your your show and your your book. It's so raw and it's so real. <laughs> and you create like a very safe Thank space you. for people to you know to be vulnerable like that. But I um, he asked me the question like how school, and that's the worst question you could ask me at the time. And I tell him my I, I, I just break down in front of this stranger. Oh. I start bawling, and I'm pretty emotionally reserved, but I start getting very introverted because when you you have the broken brain. You don't want to get called on. You don't want the spotlight. You never have the answers, right? So I was very shy. I always sit behind the tall kid in class, never wanted, you know, had the answers, but I start bawling in front of this stranger and I just tell him my whole story about, you know, my accident and being, you know, school's not for me and I'm broken. And he's like, Jim, why are you in school? You know, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? What do you want to have? What do you want to share? And no one's ever asked me those questions, honestly, before Jay, like, you know, no, like we weren't big dreamers, you know, back, you know, growing up. And I go to answer him after some, you know, thinking about it. And he says, stop and he pulls out a notebook and he tears a couple of sheets out, gives me a pen and makes me write it down. And, um, I don't know how much time goes by, but I end up having like some people call it a bucket list, like a dream list. And I think the exercise is over. So I start folding it to put in my pocket and he grabs it out of my hand and I start freaking out. And I was like, okay, um, there's this complete stranger reading my dreams, right? Like something I've never shared with anyone or even acknowledged for my own self. And I don't know how much time goes by, but he looks up and he says, Jim, you are this close to everything on this list. And I don't know if people are w- watching this on video or not, but I'm just spreading my index fingers like a foot apart. And I'm like, no way. Give me 10 lifetimes of luck I cracked that list. Very smart, wise man. He takes his fin- fingers and he puts them to the side of my head, meaning what's in between, wow. you know, my mind, my brain is really <sighs> the key. And he doesn't just stop there. He, he ends up taking me to a room of his home that's uh, wall-to-wall, ceiling-to-floor, covered in books. Now today I'd be like, that's so exciting. But back then I'm like, that's being like a room full of stakes. I've never right. read a book, You're right? I'm not a good reader. Um, and what makes it worse, he starts grabbing stakes off the shelves and handing them to me, right? <laughs> and I started looking at these titles and they're these, uh, very early personal growth books and, and, uh, like Norman Vincent Peale, the power of positive thinking, thinking we're Rich, ridge mm-hmm. and hill, all those, um, Dale Carnegie and, and some of <laughs> your very early biographies of some, you know, historical Individuals and I was, and he's like, Jim, I want you to read one book a week. And I'm like, are you kidding? Have you not listened to everything I just said? I can't, you know, I started, I have a midterms, I have schoolwork and he said, when I said schoolwork, he said, Jim, don't let school get in the way of your education. And I didn't realize it was a Mark Twain quote, you know, this was 30 years ago. And I was like, that's great insight. And I still can't commit. So if I'm going to commit, I'm going to do it. Right. If I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to. Right. And he's like, He takes, very smart man, he takes out my bucket list and he starts reading, Jay, my dreams out loud one by one. And I don't know, I get choked up thinking about it because imagine I'm an 18 year old kid, you know, doesn't know anything for anything. And you start hearing your own dreams in someone else's voice, it out in like the universe. And it just messed with my mind and my spirit, something fierce. And honestly, a lot of things on that list were things I wanted to do for my family, things they can never afford. Or even if they had the money, they would never do for themselves. So with that motivation, I agree to read one book a week. To make a long story short, fast forward, I'm back at school. I'm at my desk. I have a pile of books I have to read for school and a pile of books I promised to read. And I already couldn't get through pile A. So where do I get the time? I don't eat. I don't sleep. I don't work out. I don't socialize. And I don't do anything but just live library for weeks and weeks and weeks. And one night, I pass out at 2 o'clock in the morning in the library going down a flight of stairs. I fell. I hit my head again. And I woke up in the hospital two days later. And at this point, I was wasted away. Like, I thought I died. I was down to 117 pounds. I was just wasting away because I wasn't eating or taking care of myself. And the nurse came in with a mug of tea. And on it was a picture of Albert Einstein. And, you know, genius, the opposite of me. And But it had a quote on it that spoke to me. It said, his quote, and we've all heard this in some iteration, the same level of thinking that's created your problem won't solve your problem. The same level of thinking that's created your problem won't solve it. And it made me think, what's my problem? Well, I'm a, I have a broken brain. I'm a very slow learner. How do I think differently about it? Well, maybe I could learn how to fix my brain. Maybe I could learn how to learn faster. I was like, where do you do that? In school, right? So I look at all the course bulletin, look at all these classes, and they're all classes on what to learn. Math, history, science, Spanish, whatever. But not not how. Not how to learn. How to learn or how to use my brain. And I I really make that my study. And I start studying everything I can get my hands on: ancient uh, memory techniques and speed reading, uh, neuroscience, multiple intelligence theory, adult learning theory. And about sixty days into it, light switch went on, flipped on, and all of a sudden I started to understand things for the very first time in my life. You know, and I sort of retain it and understand. And I, and I started, did my grades improve, but with it, my life improve. But the bow on it though, the reason I'm doing this three decades later is one of my very, I couldn't help but help other people. You know, like shame on me if other people are suffering and struggling and I know something that could help them and I don't help them. And I started tutoring and one of my very first students, she's a freshman. She read 30 books in 30 days. No, that's just like, I mean, not skim scan, like really got, really read it. Well, so and you were tutoring her, but you were teaching her what you right, learned, right. how to speed read. Exactly. So I taught right. her, I didn't, and I wanted to find out not how, I know exactly how, because I taught her, I want to know why, you know, because I think a lot of people know what to do, but they don't always do what they know. Mm-hmm. I think that common sense is definitely not common practice. So like we know we should do certain things, right? Prioritize sleep or eat a certain way or exercise or meditate, whatever it is, but we don't always do it. And I wanted to find out what motivated her. And I found out her mother was uh, diagnosed with terminal cancer by doctors, given only a couple months to live, like 60 days to live. And the books she was reading were books to save her mom's life. And I wished her luck, prayers. Six months goes by, I get a call from this young lady. It's the first time I heard from her since. She's crying hysterically. And when she stopped, I found out there are tears of joy, that her mother not only survived, but is really getting better. Doctors don't know how, they don't know why. The doctors were calling it a miracle. But her mother attributed the turnaround, not only bouncing back but bouncing forward to um the great advice she got from her daughter, who learned it from all these books. And wow. in that moment, yeah, in that moment I realized that if knowledge is power, then learning is our superpower. And it's wow. a superpower we all have. So I dedicated my life every single day for the past thirty one years to showing people how to unlock that genius. That, and that, that's, that's
2: incredible. Yeah, If you're like many people, you may be surprised to learn that one in five adults in the United States experienced mental illness last year, yet far too many people with mental health needs fail to receive the treatment and support necessary to elevate their quality of life. Carillon Behavioral Health is doing something about it. Born out of one of the largest healthcare organizations in the country, Carillon Behavioral Health believes that behavioral health is a key part of whole health. With 40-plus years of experience and 115,000 in-network providers, they understand the power of meaningful connection and compassionate care, treating physical, mental, emotional, and social needs in tandem. Carolon Behavioral Health is there to not only help individuals in need, but caregivers, parents, and communities, so everyone comes out stronger on the other side. Carolon Behavioral Health, raising the quality of life
0: That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. But but how did you
2: go from thinking you couldn't learn, what got you to think you could learn to speed? Like, what unlocked you to be able to speed read when you weren't yeah, able to, read? To,
3: to do all these things. I mean, yeah. when people see me on stage, and I'm in front of a good quarter million people a year live. You know, I could be on three. You know, last month I was in three continents in one week. You know, speaking, and sometimes I'll do these demonstrations where I'll have like a hundred people in an audience stand up and pass around a mic and introduce themselves, and I'll I'll memorize all their names, or you know, they give me a hundred random words or a hundred numbers, and I'll recall them forwards and backwards. But I always tell people I don't do this to impress you. I do this to express to you what's possible, because the truth is, every single person listening right now, regardless of their age, their background, their career, their education level, their financial situation, their gender, their history through IQ even, they could do that and a lot more. We just weren't taught. You know, going to your kid and saying focus or study, that's like going to a child and say, play the ukulele, who's never taken a class or a seminar on how to play that instrument. Well, we've never taken a class called focus, just like we've never taken a class on mental health, right, Our financial literacy, you know, or some of the things that I feel like would be, you know, very useful for us, you know, today in this age and stage that we live in. But my, my powers, if you will, came from just studying and discipline, just like anyone else, just like sports, right? in the world. Right. And it, and Mm -hmm. exactly. And making it practical, you know, so you learn, uh, I believe to earn, to be able to return, you know, but it definitely took work without a doubt. There was no magic memory pill, certainly, but there were processes, you know, and my, my, I think one of the gifts I've developed over time is I believe genius leaves clues that if someone is exceptional in some area that they're doing certain things and there's a method behind what looks like magic to everybody else, you know, and my goal is to kind of show people a blueprint on how to do that, you know, and so like even, even everyone listening, like there, there, there are, there are like six things that people could do that could really move the needle. Like for example, your brain. Yeah, let's,
2: let's go. Let's do these six. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 Um, so. When I wrote Limitless, it was endorsed heavily by the, uh, the founding director of the Cleveland Clinic Center for Brain Health by the top Alzheimer's researcher wow. out, of, out of Harvard University. Can I that's speak. That's pretty these- damn validating, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and I appreciate that's pretty it. cool. And I appreciate because I have the opportunity to speak at these institutions or at the hospitals, you know, to train their, their doctors, their caregivers, their researchers, their, their patients. About one third of our brain's potential is predetermined by genetics or biology. Um, but more than two thirds is in our control. And so certain things that we could do to, to move the needle and, and again, good brain healthy is just a better mental health. So, you know, good thing to recommend, like I use acronyms a lot to help them, you know, especially people are listening. I know they're, they might be driving, they might be working out and they don't, might not have access to notes, but, um, like, uh, you take your meds, right. And what I would say is here are some meds that are really cost nothing and they have zero side effects and it's an acronym. Right. So, um, and I didn't come up with this. Uh, and I don't know who to credit this to. Um, but meds, M E D S. Actually, Brendan Burchard recently, he wrote motivation manifesto came out with meds RX and I'll give it to everyone here. And I'm just going to share some of my, my take for it and some of the sure. research. The M stands for meditation. Right. And we know there was a, there was a study. It was a joint study done at uh, NYU. And uh, and I think it was Virginia Tech. It was just a few years ago in 2018, I think. And they found that eight weeks of guided meditation, just 13 minutes a day, had a huge impact on mood of the participants. It enhanced attention span. It enhanced uh, working memory, uh, recognition memory. It also helped with anxiety, it helped improve overall emotional regulation. So, you know, meditation for me, and I've done, you know, a dozen podcasts on it. Uh, it's something that I just take 10, 15 minutes. You know, I think it's important nowadays to disconnect so that we could reconnect. You know, your, our brains aren't meant to go 100 miles an hour all the time. And sometimes it, it you know, just like with your phones or, or any part of technology, if it starts to slow down or overheat, sometimes you have to unplug it, right? To be able to, mm-hmm. most things work better when you unplug it and plug it back in later. Good point. And so, um. So meditation's my jam and certainly people could just google my name meditation and go through you know my process but it, and again I would say meditation for me has never been about becoming enlightened it's for me it's it's a training tool that if my mind goes somewhere and invariably will I pull it back to my breath or something in my environment or some, some word or mantra. And it's me flexing my, my focus muscles. So I could train what I want to focus, put my attention, my, the spotlight of my mind on at a given time. It also reminds me of meditation that it's not about controlling our thoughts. Like people think there's a misnomer that people think that in order to meditate, they just have to just have an empty mind and no thoughts. That, that's impossible. And so it, like our heart beats and asking our mind to stop thinking is like asking our heart to stop beating right? That's the purpose of a heart. It beats. Our purpose of our mind is, is it thinks, but you don't, the purpose of meditation is not to control our thoughts. It's realizing that our thoughts don't have to control us all the time. Right. And so that, I, I think it's a great practice and certainly all the benefits for mental health in terms of anxiety, reducing stress, yeah. reducing blood pressure is yeah. is, is powerful. Well, I, think, the,
2: I think for meditation also, if I can, yeah. it gives us a break when, you know, for those of us with mental health issues, where you know, my depression anxiety, if I meditate for ten minutes, that's ten minutes. Those roommates in my head aren't saying bad things to me,
3: mm-hmm. yeah. And some people say, "Well, I don't have ten minutes. I, honest to God, if we don't have ten minutes, then we should be meditating for like an hour right right. <laughs> that's right. probably that's probably reason that <laughs> we need to do it more often, but i I really feel like I'm at a disadvantage if I don't do it. Right. you know, and I think part of self-care is prioritizing our time. Right. You know, that when we say yes to somebody or yes to something, we're not saying no to our, ourself, mm-hmm. you know, part of self-care is putting borders and boundaries around the things like our emotions, like our mental health, like our, like our time and, you know, the minutes that make up our life. Meds are the E in meds Rx stands for exercise, right? Again, yeah. something just like meditation, it's free. There are, I, I could quote study upon study, you know, where there's one actually just a few years ago in 2015 at uh, Cambridge university where they said participants, you know, they tested them cognitively, multiple cognitive tests. And then they tested them after like 30, 60, 90 intervals, like a vigorous um, of exercise. And they came back and it's just, they just did better on focus. They did better on mental acuity. They did better on memory tests. Generally what's good for our heart is going to be good for our head, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um but also like, it also helped for hours after the exercise, people, it improved their mood and reduced their stress, obviously. And so, and I don't just mean, like doing CrossFit three times a week. Right. I mean, how much are we moving throughout the day? They say sitting is a new smoking. We're behind screens all right. the time. And, you know, when you move your body, you create brain derived neurotrophic factors, BDNF, which is like fertilizer for our brain. Right. And so just moving. And the primary reason we have a brain, the number one reason we have a brain is to control our movement. And I believe as your body moves, your brain grooves. So even if you're doing your calls, you know, from from a walk or maybe right. maybe taking the dogs out or something like that and that's where you're doing your thinking. I mean, I feel like that is is so very important. The D in meds, RX, the D stands for diet. It's probably the only thing that costs money, you know, it's an investment to eat. Yeah. Um maybe to even eat well. But did you know that there are certain foods that that are just it supports a greater mood yeah. and uh, and mental health certainly greater memory and so you could put together recipes that are packed with with antioxidants uh, with magnesium with uh, healthy omega omega three oils yep. Yeah, to, right. to reduce stress and, and be yeah, able to.
2: The avocado and the olive oil and yes. All yes, of that. Yes, all, exactly. Because yes. your gut's I mean, your second brain, correct?
3: Exactly. Exactly. And so that, that, um, that brain gut connection is so very important. Probably the biggest neurotoxin that would, that most of us, you know, indulge in is just refined sugar, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so we could go on all the, the, the hazardous, you know, challenges that come from that. But there's so many scientific based nutrient foods that, you know, or supplements. That will support emotional wellness. I did a interview on a podcast interview with, um, Leanna Warner Gray and she wrote anxiety free foods. And she was talking about certain foods actually reduce stress and anxiety in the, in the human body, like dark leafy greens, like uh, broccoli, kale, mm-hmm. spinach, spirulina. Um, there are other anxiety uh, foods, uh, reducing mm-hmm. foods also good for the brain, yeah. Yeah. avocados, blueberries, right. coconut oil, olive oil, turmeric uh, blueberries. Uh, I like to call them brain berries. <laughs> right, right, right. And they're, these are d- nutritious, but they could also be delicious also as well. So, you know, when, when you're eating something, okay. just ask yourself, is this good for my brain or is this bad for my brain? The fatty fishes, certainly that you mentioned, salmons, sardines, all good. If people want a great uh, video, just search Jim quick brain foods. And I actually go through my favorite brain foods. I show people how to memorize them, you know, a little memory trick that if you're going to the grocery store, some people come back and they forget, you know, that thing that they went to the store for, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Yeah, and then finally the S and meds sleep. And You and I have had a discussion on this. I mean, how's our mental state if we sleep, you know, poorly? The next, how, how are we performing the next day? How's our focus? How's our demeanor? How's the how's our mood? How's our temper? How's our memory? You know, how's, how's our ability to solve problems and be creative and write or film or, you know, you, and you're always on camera. How how can you perform when you don't you know, sleep well? And there's so many you know studies obviously on on sleep and also just like you know and whether well, it's six. Where seven hours or eight hours or nine hours, but really it's more the quantity, the quality of sleep, right. deep sleep where we're rejuvenating our body, REM sleep where we're rejuvenating our mind, you know, and getting tested. You know, I, I have a very severe sleep apnea. It's yeah, an obstructive too. breathing yeah. disorder. I stop breathing 250 times a night. Each time is at least 10 seconds. So I was at UCLA, it's like, no matter, no wonder you're like, it's like somebody coming in, 250 times of putting a pillow over your face, mm-hmm. you know, so I wake up, you know, I, I use a CPAP and a dental device. It's all very sexy, <laughs> but none of it really works for me. So I had to look yeah, at me the neither. Whole... Right. Yeah. And I, 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 I done, that's why I've, I've interviewed the top sleep experts in the world, right. you know, and I ended up uh, doing some surgery and I might, I slept 90 minutes a night total for five years from uh 2000 to 2010 to 2015 um mm-hmm. is horrible and then plus you know like I'd be traveling and jet lag and you know which just compounded okay. but the adverse health challenges is like weight gain we're not sleeping well weight gain obesity right. diabetes hypertension you know heart disease stroke depression i mean lack of sleep impairs every yeah. physiological function so
2: i have not Well, no but go ahead. say what you're going to say
3: no i was just going to say my favorite things that helped me sleep yes um in no specific order direct sunlight first thing in the morning. You know, yeah. your, your eyes are mm-hmm. the only part of your brain outside of your skull and it helps to reset your circadian rhythm. So not sunlight through the the windows. Cause that could filter out spectrums of light. Um, but even if you go out on a hazy day, it's, it's, it's very powerful. Um, and that's free, right. And right. you get fresh air and you get grounded, No coffee past 2 p.m. if you're sensitive to caffeine like I am. Some people could have espresso before they go to bed and they could just. I
2: don't get it. Yeah, I've seen those people, too. They order a dinner. I'm like, how the hell do you.
3: I'm so jealous of people. I'm so jealous of those people. And also drinking like no alcohol, you know, a lot of people use alcohol and they think it helps their sleep. But the science is saying different. It knocks you out, but it doesn't mean you're getting quality rest also as well. But the other thing is melatonin production. And so just think about it as a hunter gatherer, there are two triggers that, um, where you would naturally produce melatonin, which is helps you to, uh, hormone helps you relax and show you that it's time to phase down into rest. It was a decrease in two things, a decrease in temperature, a decrease in light. That's when we know it's time to go to sleep. But today with modern conveniences where you have, you know, lights in every room, uh, temperature regulation for the thermostat, we don't get those same triggers unless we're deliberate about it. So I would say a colder, darker room will help people sleep uh, longer and better. Some people will take a warm bath or a sauna before they go to sleep. Um, the Epsom salt, uh, the magnesium is great for helping you relax. Also, when you leave that bath, your core body temperature drops, which is the trigger to... Uh, to melatonin to be able to sleep. Um, getting off our screens late at right. night. I mean, so many people are guilty of looking at the TV, their, their pad, the, uh, their phones, their computers, whatever it is. But that blue light, you've heard this before. Yep. It fools the mind into thinking it's still daylight. And that's what you wonder why you can't fall asleep. And plus, I don't think the human brain would evolve to have the world's information, every single thing like right. we through just a few scrolls, we we get bombarded with more information right. than somebody 300 years ago ever saw in their lifetime. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like, I don't, I don't think that that's something that helps you to kind of right. phase right. And, and be able to relax. So those are just some my like, the sleep. So
2: here's what I do for what I learned yeah. from my sleep. One, I do breath work at night now because right? mm-hmm. I am, because I'm one of those people guilty of, you know, look, I got to constantly check NFL news and this and that, you know? So I'm like, man, so I do breath work. Okay, slow myself down, slow myself down. But then one of the things I learned from one of my my Thai monk therapists that I you know met out there was take a few things during the day. He said, I want you to take something. What happened today that was that was pretty cool? Okay. And you know, give me something that was good. So I told him it was good. He said, Okay, now what I want you to do, I want you to smile about it. Okay, because if you smile, that releases certain, you know, chemicals in your brain that and your brain doesn't know if it's a fake smile or a real smile, it just releases those chemicals in your brain, right? So he said, smile about it then I want you to celebrate it. He said, I want you to appreciate it, then celebrate it. So what do you mean? He said, I want you to throw a party in your heart for two minutes. Like, just be so excited that this happened to you today. So you're throwing yourself a little party, okay? And then I want you to do it for two more things. So three things. So you go to bed having had three parties, and you have these things to celebrate, and it'll calm your brain down a little bit instead of those things that you're, you're going to bed with worrying about. For the next morning, right? You go to bed celebrating now, and you could wake up having just come back from a celebration. And it's worked for me. If you're like many people, you may be surprised to learn that one in five adults in the United States experienced mental illness last year. Yet far too many people with mental health needs fail to receive the treatment and support necessary to elevate their quality of life. on Behavioral Health is doing something about it. Born out of one of the largest healthcare organizations in the country, Carol Behavioral Health believes that behavioral health is a key part of whole health. With 40-plus years of experience and 115,000 in-network providers, they understand the power of meaningful connection and compassionate care, treating physical, mental, emotional, and social needs in tandem. Carol Behavioral Health is there to not only help individuals in need, but caregivers, parents, and communities so everyone comes out stronger on the other side. Carillon Behavioral Health, raising the quality of life through empathy and action.
0: Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com with Amex. Terms apply.
3: I'm going to totally try that. I love right, that. Right? You know, it gets you in that parasympathetic, you, you know, like we hear about the autonomic nervous system, how this pendulum swings between sympathetic and parasympathetic. Sympathetics, is that uh, fight or flight response. And that's where a lot of work. That's why we don't want to be in that work mode, you know, before we go to sleep. But that parasympathetic is that rest and digest. You know, and anything that puts you in that state where you're celebrating, where you're, uh, have gratitude and appreciation right. for the things. Wonderful way to be able to down regulate, you know, and doing some yoga nidra breathing and mm-hmm. anything that kind of gets you into, into your body and out of your, out of your head. And you're not ruminating like you talked about. Right. You're not ruminating about work or finances or, you know, things right. that could happen. Yeah. That very, very problem. important. I was,
2: I was thinking plot and planning, thinking plot and planning, thinking plot and planning. Yeah. And I had to get myself off that track if yeah. I was ever going to sleep.
3: And it takes training to rewire your perfect. mind to do it. And we're not always perfect, without a doubt. But, it, you know, there's a quote in my book, Limitless, um, that uh, it's from a French philosopher. And he says, life is the C, the letter C between the, letter, between the letters B and D, where B stands for birth and D stands for death and life C, choice. Then, you know, it's the choices that we're making every single day. And I do believe that these difficult times can distract us. These difficult times might even diminish us or these difficult times, they could develop us. We 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 always decide the um the last part of meds the RX which I I got from uh, from Brendan Burchard the R stands for relationships the power of of bonds and a, and a peer group you know that we're not alone going through this I just interviewed uh Doctor Robert Waldinger who oversees the Harvard study of adult development it's the longest study on happiness in the world eighty mm. just hit eighty four years on longevity and happiness and basically I asked him. You know, bottom line, when it comes down to happiness or, and your health, what is the biggest, you know, contributor? Is it, is it diet? Is it exercise? And he's like, actually, it's our relationships and it doesn't mean you have to be married or it doesn't introvert, extrovert. That doesn't matter. It's just the bonds that we form,
2: right.
3: you know, with the people around us. Um, and it that's just makes in, sense. In,
2: in unbreakable. I say find your team. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yep. Yeah. Yes. E-
3: ex- exactly. Right.
2: Find and, your and, team gets us through the gray. Yes. Yes.
3: Gray. I, I literally just got. Goosebumps. I call them (laughs) truth. I call them them truth bumps. But yeah, find (laughs) I find your team, and so you know. And then you know, we all need people, you know, that encourage us, that are kind to us, that that tell us what we need, that are that have our backs and and cheerlead for us. And if you haven't found that person yet, my recommendation would be, you know, be that person. You know, be that person for somebody else. You know, and, you know, definitely be that person, you know, for, for you, you know, you ourselves. Hmm. So that's the R in um, meds, Rx. And then the X is just space for all the extras, right? Mm-hmm. All the extras you want to add to that. Like for me, two things that don't cost anything is just like, I like cold therapy a lot. Right. I don't know what it is. I met Wim Hof in 2012, 10 years ago to the Iceman, wow. he right. had, um, you know, these stories he had lost his wife. And uh, he had his kids, and how he would get through it is she would jump into the in in in, in the cold water, you know, uh, you know, and it would reset his nervous system, you know, increase norepinephrine, uh, a sense of dopamine. Uh, for me, it just it's it's a reset. It's like a nervous yeah. system reset. You know, cold. But I do the cold,
2: pl- cold plunges. I feel like I've accomplished something.
3: Yeah, and it's hard, and that's the yeah. other yeah. part of it. I hate. I grew up uh, in the Northeast. Yeah. Yep. Don't love the cold, but. You know, when you get yourself to do difficult things, it gives you it, it boosts your self esteem, right? Yeah. The way you see yeah. yourself, it kind of builds a mental toughness. So hopefully, how we do anything is how we do everything. We maybe could take it into other areas when we need some some grit and some resilience. But cold is great. You know, we talked about heat is great. You know, my favorite things are actually free. You know, while I like all the biohacking and some of the stuff that's out there, all that stuff is really meant to mimic nature. Like for me, I I, I did a show on the four elements, and these are the four elements: like air, fire, water earth, right? And back in the Babylonian times, ancient Greeks, they used to think that those four elements created everything, right? Everything was made of these four elements. Well, in my mind, I wake up and I'm like, I want to get these four elements, you know, going first thing in the morning. So what I'll do is I'll I'll go outside, you know, after I use the bathroom, I'll go outside and I'll touch the earth, you know, like I'll get grounded, right? Because um, so I feel like you know, sometimes when I feel anxiety and stress, I feel like I, I don't have a foundation. And I think touching the ground or sitting on the ground is something that's healing for me. I'll do some deep breathing, uh, first thing in the morning. So I'll get my air. So I get earth and air. I'll be looking at the, uh, the sun because I'll do that sun gazing and you know, that's my fire. And then I'll, I'll either take a cold shower or drink some water and drinking mm-hmm. water, staying hydrated is so very important for the human brain and our mental health. We can lose up to a pound of water just at nighttime. Through respiration and perspiration and our brain is mostly water. So just staying hydrated will boost your reaction time and your thinking speed upwards of 30%. You know, so I'll do some water and, uh, some, you know, electrolytes, but that'll be like, I'll throughout the day, I'll be like, how do I get even during brain breaks? I'm on zoom too much or, or whatever. And I'll just say, I need a five minute brain break. And what will I do? Right, right. I'll move my body. I'll hydrate and I'll do some breathing outside, yeah. you know, and get some fresh air and I'll come back refreshed mentally and, and physically.
2: You know, folks, think about this. You never see a fight where a fighter doesn't get to go and sit on the stool and recover for, you know, a minute. And it's the same thing. We need to yeah. go sit on our stool and recover
3: without, I love it. I love, I love all the, the sports analogies. So
2: but before I let you go, I got one last question here for you, brother. And this yeah. has been just amazing and lightning. And again, yeah. you and I just have this bond and I appreciate it. Um, I ask all my guests, give me your unbreakable moment. Give me that moment that man, something should have broken you. Could have, didn't, and you came through the other side of that tunnel. And as a result, you're, and you're just stronger f- for the rest of your life. And you've already given us so many. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Story, but is there another moment we haven't hit yet?
3: Yeah. I mean, um, whether it happens with my, my brain injury or my, my, you know, sleep deprivation experiment, which was almost as deadly. Um, I'll give you one that I don't share. Um, all right. So when remember when I said I, I learned these skills when I was 18 years old and I was in school and I lost all this weight. And I found out that I wanted to tutor and help other people because I really think that we're here to, to pay it forward, right? You have much, much like yourself. And, um, that really fulfills our, our heart and our spirit, but I didn't know how to do that. And I was walking along, um, you know, around the lecture centers. I saw this room not being used on a Thursday night. Oh, okay. I definitely don't share this story. And I was like, okay, next Thursday, I'm going to put five or 10 people in that room and teach them for free a couple of hours. And then maybe afterwards, one or two of them want to be tutored by me, right? And then, um it works out for them. they get these skills, and I get to have money to eat because I was very underweight. I lost all this you know all these all this weight and um, so I don't even know anything about business, so but I go back to my room and I take a piece of paper an eight by eleven, and I take a magic marker and I write free speed reading, memory tips, get better grades, less time the the room Thursday, seven o'clock, right? And I, the next morning, I just make some photocopies on the way to class and put it on some bulletin boards. Not a lot, but just, you know, around campus. Fast forward to Thursday, 7 o'clock, I'm walking down the hall to go to this room. And I just, I'm praying, Jay, that only like five people just show up, just five people. And I turn the corner and there's a crowd of people outside the classroom. Now, honest to God, my first initial thought was, wow. I hope whatever's going on in that room ends soon so I could do my thing. Right? <laughs> this
2: is incredible.
3: And I, um, and I go to there. I can't even get inside because there's this tall kid in, in the doorway and I'm like tapping on like, what's going on? And he's like, there's a speed reading memory class. Oh man, I'm getting tears right now, man. It <laughs> <laughs> dude, dude. gets, it gets worse. <laughs> I'm tearing up here, what, dude. <laughs> what happened is I say like, Wow. What a coincidence. What are the chances there's another speed reading memory brain performance class in the same room at the same time on the same date as mine. And I push my way in and there's a crowd of people there. I mean, people standing in the back, all the seats are taken and there's nobody teaching. And it takes my slow mind all that time to realize that they're there for me. Right. And I freak out because I'm 18 years old right? I look really young. I'm wearing t-shirts and shorts. I look like I'm 15 or or, or 14. <laughs> There's teaching assistants, graduate students in the room, and I have nothing prepared to talk about. But even worse, I've never public spoke before because it's my greatest fear. Remember, like I had learning challenges, so right. I'd always... You know, if I had to give a book report, I would do the book report. But if I had to talk about it, I would lie to the teacher and say I didn't do it. And I would throw it out on the way out of class and take a zero because I was so phobic. Like, a lot of people are nervous about speaking, but I can't even breathe. And so I can't breathe. My heart's beating out of my chest. I'm sweating like crazy. So I leave.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. I wish I could have said I performed. That's not what happened. I was so embarrassed. I left. And I can't even go back to my dorm room because I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get stuff from my, you know, get teased by my roommates, you know, like, you know, for what, for being, you know, a coward. And so I go to the, the this fountain and I just kind of meditate, close my eyes and breathe. And, and I hear my mom's voice and I won't tell you what she says, but she, it, the point was like a hundred people. There, by the way, there was 110 people when I did a count in that room. Whoa. Not, not five or 10, 110. And so she says, wow, all these people came out that you promised to help them and you're not, you're disappointing them and you're disappointing me. And I would do anything, you know, for, for, for my mom. And, and I'm doing this walking meditation to my dorm room and I stop and I take one step back to the classroom. And a huge lesson for me here is that one step in another direction can completely change your destination, right? Or your, some people call it their destiny. Mm-hmm. And I go back in that classroom and I honestly don't remember outside of apologizing you know for starting late what I said, but you know i after two hours, I come out of this trance. I don't know if you've ever done this like you're speaking or you're on camera, you're just like it just kind of flows through you
2: yeah you're on. But, yeah. yeah,
3: and when I'm done though, I come back into like, oh my God, what had just happened and i I don't even know what to say. I was like, you know, if you want help with this, I need about ten hours with you. I get thirty dollars an hour because that's what I got teaching tennis back in you know like in mm-hmm. in high school you know, I'll be in the student center tomorrow at noon if you have any questions. And I swear to you, Jay, a hundred people got up and they all left. Not one person talked to me and it's 10 o'clock at night and I'm in a classroom by myself and I feel two emotions. I feel totally confused. Like what, what just even happened tonight? And then the, my other emotion was I totally exhausted because my whole fear every single day of being at school, besides being bullied was I would be like, I would have to talk. Right. I never said two words in the classroom for all my school. And, um, so I feel so mentally and physically exhausted. I fall asleep on the carpet and it, it best sleep of my life. And I get woken up the next morning by the class coming in at eight o'clock. I'm drooling on wow. myself and, you know, it's very embarrassing, but I, I run, go back to my room. I, I shower, go to breakfast, go to class, 12 o'clock comes. And I was like, Oh, I promised to be in the student center. And I go there hoping just one person didn't think I was a complete idiot. And when I turn, get there, that whole group was waiting for me. Oh,
2: my God. And,
3: and at the end of 90 minutes, maybe, 71 of the 100 kids signed up for a program that didn't even exist. Wow. You know, like at, at $30 for 10 hour, at $300 a person. And now, wow. I, to get this, because I didn't know kids had an ATM card, because I didn't have a, you right. know, any money, and they could just take out $300. And so I'm not even 19 years old, and I have $21,000 cash in my backpack. And I think about my mentor. What am I going to do with this? Part of it I use to eat because I was starving. Right, right, right. Um, but the other part I use it to fund my real education, and I travel around the world learning everything that I've that I've learned, mm-hmm. you know. Um And that's when one of my students mm-hmm. of the seventy one kids was this college freshman who read thirty books in thirty days and Save her mom's wow. life, you know. But the reason I bring this Incredible. up Incredible. is like when I was debating, going back to that room, like I was shaking and I had felt so much fear and so much doubt, so much in, you know, all the insecurities and all the voices in my head about being broken and not enough, you know, was, was like there. And I really feel that, you know, I, whoever's listening to this right now, that I believe that there's a version of ourself that's patiently waiting. And the goal is we just, we show up that we do the best we can with what we have, you know, every single day until we're introduced to that person you know and there are people that are light and mentors like yourself that help kind of shine some light in in a dim world you know and amazing. and help us to believe in ourselves again
2: brother that was amazing man that was a way to finish off a podcast i really yeah. appreciate that is like man you made me cry there you made my goosebumps come up my truth bumps it's just incredible i'm really really proud that i get to share this journey with you and, and continue to learn from you and we could you know you and i can continue to be of service to people so yeah. I really appreciate you, man. For for you and for everybody else out there, let's all keep walking this walk together.
3: I absolutely love it. Thank you also for making this possible. And I would challenge everybody just to do one thing. If they could take a screenshot of whatever they're consuming this, you know, in whatever platform, you know, audio or video, and they maybe could post it and tag both of us yep. and maybe share like one thing that, that you learned here. Because I think the best way to learn something is to teach it to somebody else. So I'd be fascinated. Maybe, maybe it was like the meds RX and maybe, or maybe it's something that they're going to do. One small simple step. Like, hey, I'm going to do five minutes of meditation. You know, I'm going to try that or I'm going to look into those blueberries or some of those, uh, this, uh, you know, those some fish oils or, or what have you. And then tag us so we get to see it. And I'll, um, as a thank you, I'll repost some of the ones I, see, cause Perfect. you'll tag us. We get to see it.
0: Absolutely. And
3: I'll, um, I'll send out three copies of Limitless to just three people. Oh, just as, amazing. just to keep it. Yeah. Just as a thank you. Yeah. Oh,
2: man, I appreciate you, man. I can't thank you enough and love you, yes. brother. Infinity presents a new
1: chapter in luxury.